This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Mike Zani. He's the CEO of the Predictive Index. He also runs a search fund called Phoenix Strategy Investments. He was previously the CEO of Ledco and Shape Up. Prior to running companies, he was the 1996 Olympic sailing team coach, and he was named Coach of the Year in that sport. Mike, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, I'd love to. Gosh, Olympic sailing coach sounds way more cool than a you know founder or CEO. Why'd you switch? It, it was a fantastically romantic life, but if you wanted to have kids or a family, it was not that cup of tea. Uh, What'd your day look like? It was 330 days a year on the road. Um a lot of time spent in a rigid hull inflatable boat flying around chasing sailboats. What is a lesson you took from sailing that you've now applied to your new company? And what is the company? What do you do? Uh, you, you, you actually learn a tremendous amount from coaching sailing and high performance sailing on, uh, on, on about people. You can find one bad egg on a boat can, can destroy a team spirit. You know, someone who questions your strategy at every turn, someone who's negative and you just have to get those elements off the team. Um, and that was something that, uh, you know, you, you didn't learn in business school, but you certainly learned uh, in competitive sailboat racing. So who did you have to remove from the predictive index? <laughs> We're probably not going to go there. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So my business partner and I have uh, purchased and taken over four sort of used companies. And and oftentimes, times, a lot of the f- the f- the the team that we acquire does not make that transition. It doesn't it doesn't make the transition from the original founding family, uh, where it was in a slower growth um, sort of plotting cash flow mode, into a much faster growth mode where we're really trying to grow the top line and change things. And it can be sad sometimes because there's a lot of leg- legacy there. Uh, but the ones who make it are just thrilled that someone finally took the, you know, the shackles off. So Mike, just to be clear, you, you found the predictive index and you, you didn't start it, but you and your partner acquired it. Is that accurate? We did. We, we tell, we tell our friends and family that we sort of buy used companies. Why did you, what'd you like about it? Well, we were a client for 10 years. Um, in our first company, Ledco that you mentioned, uh, it was a small, uh, manufacturer in Detroit. We had 45 people and only four of those people made it. And we actually used the predictive index as a client to help us reshape our human capital strategy. And, you know, we, we leaned into it really hard. Uh, what we, did you pay we, predictive index? Like what was our model? Oh, back then it was the same model of today, except it was, um, the software was, um, pretty simple and it was most, most of the users were on pencil and paper surveys. Um, and this was 2004. You really shouldn't be on pencil and paper. Yeah. Was um, it, a, I mean, was it a, I don't understand that. Was this a SaaS business or they were paying for assessment or what? It was, it was a unlimited use subscription. Um, it would be hard to say it was SaaS. 
um, it was unlimited use of this subscription technology. Um, it was all it was was an online uh, scoring tool um, of a survey. Is this like StrengthsFinder? Um, I, I think there's a there's a basket of psychometric assessments, and I think they fall into several categories. Uh, one is you know behavioral assessments. Another is cognitive assessments. StrengthFinder, DISC, uh, Myers Briggs, a lot of those fall into the camp of you know behavioral assessments um, that'll give you some insight into how people think, how they make decisions, um, and you know what's going to show up on the on, on day one in work in the workplace. So again, how what do people pay? Like how do people pay you today? What are they paying for? What are they getting? Oh, so today, oh, they they pay for a number of employees under under contract. So if you have a hundred person company, um, you know, you might pay $10,000 annually for unlimited use of what is now a SaaS platform where you can assess everyone in your company, everyone who's applying to any role in that company. And you can use the tools not only for hiring and selection, but you're using them for understanding team dynamics, uh, and interpersonal relationships and coaching. So you'll, you'll often pull up someone's information when you're, uh, you know, working with them or giving them the 360 review. Got it. And what, so I'm sure you have all kinds of different team sizes working with you, but if I forced you to pick an average, like what would you say the average customer is paying you per month or per year? Yeah. Our, our, our average ACV is 12,000. Got it. And 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 how many seats is that typically? That's, you know, our, our average client, we have 6,100 clients. Okay. Um, so it's, there's, there's quite a, quite diversity, a uh, large diversity, but our average client size is, you know, 100, 150 employees. And just to be clear, when you say 6,100, those are business logos, not seats on the logos. Business logos. Yeah. Business logos. Got it. So, I mean, can I take the 6,100 times a grand a pop and assume you're doing about 6.1 million a month? We are, we're doing, um, when we bought the company in 14, we were doing 50 million in revenue okay. and we've, we've grown the company to 70 million, uh, when we're closing out forecast to close out on 17. Okay. And, we, and what, what's we, that up? What's that up year over year? What was December, 2016? Uh, it'll be about 10 million of growth this last year. So we've, we've inflected a, uh, it was growing at about 8% for the last 10 years before we bought it. And we've, retooled the company and this last year will be 34% growth. That's great. Just to be, I, I want to make sure I got the number right. You went from 65 million a year ago to about 75 million run rate, close out 2017. Yes. Yeah, 60 to 70. So, 60, 60 to 70. Got it. 60 to 70. Got yeah. it. And why, so why did, I mean, if a company is doing that much in revenue, why did they sell to you? Everyone died. It was really sad. It was tragic. So we pitched them first in 2009. Um, when we, when we sold Ledco, actually, we, we fell in love with the tool. We, we approached the family, we came out and pitched the board. Uh, the it, was wife a family the run, found, it was a family run thing. Family run business. The wife of the founder was alive. Uh, the only remaining daughter of the founder was alive and they thought about it long and hard, but they just couldn't pull the trigger. And then in 2014, um, the, the last remaining daughter passed away and I Expectedly kid you not. Expectedly or surprisingly? Well, she had cancer, um, okay. but in hospice, she told the then CEO, uh, Nancy Martini that, you know, all things being equal, she'd love to sell the business to Mike and Daniel. So we were 
really fortunate. They felt we were passionate about the product and we would be good sort of curators of her father's, you know, vision, you know, because the company was founded in 1955. There's a tremendous legacy. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. So in 1955, uh, obviously father passed away and then eventually obviously daughter uh, passed away. I mean, okay. So so I don't want to get kind of too in the weeds here, but this is a very unique situation. I mean, legally, how does all that work? Well, the company was held in trust and the, the trust fiduciary, um, you know, sold, sold the company to us through a, through a process. Did, did the daughter like put this though, like in the will that she said, love to sell to Mike and Dan, you know, work with him to come up with a fair price or like, how does that actually happen? Actually, uh, the message got passed from the CEO to the, the fiduciary, um, who was the chairman of the board. They had an appraised price for the business and they said, if we met the price that we could buy the business. Was that like a 409A valuation or something? I don't actually think it was a 409A valuation. I think it was a, a valuation they did for the for estate purposes to make sure that they could clean up their taxes. But I see. it's probably very similar to a 409A. I see. And can you share what that was? Like, was it a typical like SaaS multiple or? No, we 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 got a very healthy. Uh, we got a good good deal on the business. Um, not not sharing the the purchase price. Um, and the only capital that we've brought on was acquisition capital. Since November 2014, we've self-funded everything through cash flow. You mean you raised capital to do the initial acquisition and the rest has been smooth sailing? No pun intended. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel and I put, uh, put some in, but we've used our, our investors in the search fund that, we've, that got us going in, in 2004. And we've gone back to them f- through every subsequent deal and just sort of passed the hat. Got it. Um, can we put, can, can, can I put a bottom on the acquisition price? Was it more, was it at least the revenue one X re, It was at least more than one X revenue. It was a great price. Okay. Um, the, well, the reason I'm asking, so tell me more about your background. I mean, where do you get the capital to just go make a $50 million acquisition? So, um, actually in our first, our, this, the way a search fund works is you, you pass, um, you, you sort of approach 10 or so high net worth individuals and ask them sort of for permission um, to search on their behalf. You're looking for a single target company to buy and they help fund your search. So, you know, they keep the lights on, help you do some financial due diligence and fly around the country and look for companies to buy. Wait, keep and lights on for what? Is this just you? Just Daniel and I, Daniel and I searching for companies to buy. Did you guys have your own, like own private equity fund before that though, or, or just two friends or what? Just two people, two people okay. in a, in a shared workspace, okay. um, looking for companies to buy. And the only thing we had to our name was debt. We just okay. got out of our MBA programs and and it was um, it was an opportunity, you know. People who invest in search funds are looking for these small market, you know, to mid market investments where they don't have to pay a lot of, uh, you know, say private equity or venture capital uh, carried interest. Where they direct, they invest directly. Uh, after we get the company under letter of intent, everyone comes in as common. And in our first opportunity, we didn't put any equity in; we just earned sweat equity. But we did well with the first company and we've taken some of our proceeds and bought other companies and we've been able to put more and more equity into our subsequent investments. 
many of you know, I am buying companies that I really, really like, and there's no quicker way for me to get to the bottom of what is happening on that website than using this tool called nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar, H-O-T-J-A-R. It basically will give me a recording, okay? When anybody lands on the website, it'll give me a recording of where the viewer is scrolling and obviously does the basic stuff like heat maps too, but I learned so much about where the users are scrolling and clicking on my site using that tool. It helps me increase conversion rates, make more money and grow those businesses faster. And we'll have to see what happens with those businesses, but I'm buying them. I'm buying them very quick and I'm using nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar for all of my website analytics. You can too. I work with them. It's totally free. You can go to nathanlatka.com forward slash hot jar. No credit card required. Again, use it as much as you want. nathanlatka.com forward slash hot jar. I'll see you there. For someone going, oh wow, I want to copy what I want to copy what Mike did. That sounds really cool. I just graduated with an MBA. I know how this works. I want to go find a business to buy and then manage. Um, you approach high net worth individuals. Do you try and get like a capital amount so ten people say yes, Nathan? We'll put a million in. So when you're buying, you're thinking, I have to go find a business to buy for ten million bucks, and then it's just a phone call to these folks to write the check when you find the deal. Like, how's that actually work? Actually, it's it's pretty well refined. There's been about 150 search funds run. It it works in two parts. There's a search phase. If I approached you, say you were a high high net worth individual, I said, why don't you put in twenty five thousand um, dollars, and there's going to be ten of you. So we take that two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to fund the search. After we find the company, we go back to the same ten people and say we're going to buy this company for say ten million, five million of debt, five million of equity. Do you want to put in your pro rata $500,000 share? And let's just say you go, I love this company. If, if anything's left over, I want it. You know, you'll have one investor who steps up and says, I love this company. I want a big piece of it. Some will pass and say, I don't like it. And each, each one of them have different capacity. You know, some, some of our early seed investors, you know, the only thing they had was maybe 100000 to put in. Um, because they weren't as high net worth as some of the others. So it really is a pass the hat model. And as we've been successful, you know, they've mentioned it to their cousins and, and business associates. And we've sort of grown our pass the hat pool from, from 10 to probably about 20 individuals. Interesting. So when you do finally find the deal, um, you, when you say you didn't put up capital, but you earned sweat equity, Do you, I mean, is that like 20% of the company is going to you guys on a vesting schedule, you and and your partner for kind of managing it, growing it, running it, and the other 80% is going to the folks that put the cash up? Is that how it works? Uh, Typically, we structure it as a a profits interest. So what we do is we get everyone their initial capital back. And then uh, we share, you know, a percentage of the proceeds. And you you hit on it. It, If we are under a 30% IRR, we get 20% of the proceeds. And if we're over a 30% IRR, we get 30% of the proceeds. And so 100% Daniel and I split that. Of, 100% of profits go back to paying back investors first. You don't take a dollar out until that happens? Well, not quite profits. Cash on cash return. Cash on cash so return. If, yeah. If, if, if in your schematic, this $10 million company and you bought it with $5 million of equity, $5 million of debt, if you went and subsequently sold it for $100 million, you pay them their $5 million of initial capital back. And then the 95 million that of proceeds is split rateably. So you're only paying out on a liquidity event, not like monthly or annual profits, cash flow. 
we've done that just because in most of the companies that we've had, we have wanted to take all of our cash flow to invest in growth. Yeah, that makes sense. There is a mechanism so that if you wanted to cash flow the company, you can pay it out rateably as well. That, that makes sense. So are you in the, are you excited? I mean, I know you're answering me to this. You have to say it, but for like, you're a deal junkie, right? So like this company you're in, you got a great deal. You're growing it from 60 to 70 million. If someone approached you today and say, Hey, we, we'd love to buy this for three X ARR, right? Something that's maybe conservative, not super aggressive, but like, let's say you like, are, are you more inclined to like figure out how to like, like do that, take the cash, return it, create the, create the money velocity, right. So then go do another deal. Or do you want to like stay in this business for 20, 30 years? Oh, I, I love this business. This is the best horse we've ever ridden by far. And your, your comment, I can look like a deal junkie, but Daniel and I, we do deals because we have to, not because that's where our passion is. You know, after our first deal, we said, you know, we could go into private equity, you know, we could go into investment banking, we don't love the deal. We love managing companies. We love running companies. So you do the deal to get a company. We do one at a time. And this one just happens to be, we're passionate about the product because yeah. we, you know, we can change the world with it. And it, it has a fantastic business model. Yeah. So it's, it's just a, a great confluence of, of things, great business, great mission. So Mike, I just realized I totally got lost in your story, which is a great story, but we're almost out of time. So some real quick rapid fire stuff here. Quick answers if you can. Team size, what are you at? 80 people. Okay. Where are y'all based? Boston, Massachusetts. Everybody? Well, 75. There's a few sprinkled about. Okay. And then in terms of some economics around customers, what are you paying to acquire a customer fully weighted? Fully weighted? I think it's about, um, we're probably at about 16 months. Um, payback. So, okay, so 16 over, grand. Yeah, that's close. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So 16 month payback period. Are these folks paying on a, on a annual plan typically? So you're, you're actually pulling that cash flow forward or no? Yeah. Annual plan pay up front for a year subscription. Only annual or can they do monthly? Uh, only annual. Okay. So you recover 12 grand of the 16 grand almost instantly. Right. And then you have to wait another 12 months to get the other four back basically. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, uh, uh, churn annually. Uh, we have over 90, percent uh retention that's great on a logo basis or, or revenue basis on on revenue it's closer to 98 on on logo it's it's just under 90 we we do better with larger clients the really small clients just turn a little faster what do you assume lifetime value is in dollars i would say it's about 4.5 times so about forty-five thousand. yeah if you use the ten thousand at schematic you're using Makes good sense. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Uh, my first one here. What's your favorite business book? Uh, Endurance, the story of Shackleton. Uh, <laughs> do you know, are you familiar with it? I've heard good things. Yeah, it's a great story. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, do you know Chris Savage from Wistia? I do. In fact, uh, he was just on the show a few episodes ago. Oh, great. Uh, love Chris. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a Vistage group together. I really love his long-term perspective and the fact that he really wants to build something lasting as opposed to, you know, just sort of sell and get out. When we're He's, back, uh, I just had a big dinner of B2B SaaS CEOs up there at Yvonne's and uh, I'll have to, I'll have to have you last time. Suresh was there, uh, Matt Bellows from obviously Yesware, uh, a few other guys and gals too. So uh, we'll have to, I'll have to put you in, in my Boston rip, uh, trips. Oh, that'd be lovely. Thank All you, right, Mike. Number, uh, number three, what's your favorite online tool? 
Uh, well, my favorite, I, I'd have to say Slack. You know, it reduces email. And uh, while email was the killer app of the 90s, it's really nice to have less of it in your inbox. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, at least eight. Okay. I love sleep. That's a good thing. And what's your situation? Married, single, you got kiddos? Uh, married, two kids, 10 and 12, both boys. Wow. Okay, how, how old are you? 48. All right, Mike, last question. Take us back 28 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Hit the gym more. It's the best thing for you. <laughs> there you guys have it from Mike. Hit the gym more. He went from sailing championships to uh, sailing through acquisition offers and now growing his company, the Predictive Index, from uh, when they bought it, when it was doing about $50 million in revenue in 2014 to $60 million December 2016 run rate, and now looking like they're going to pass $70 million in, in terms of run rate by December 2017 this year. Over 6,100 customers that pay on average a grand per month. Uh, super healthy uh, logo retention each year, about 94 or 90%. Uh, uh, dollar retention over 98%. CAC is about 16 grand, which they recover very quickly, about 16 months. Lifetime value over 45 grand. Team of 80 folks based up there in Boston. Mike, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. Sounds good when you say it. Have a great day.